Welcome back for the Thanksgiving edition of the Ball with the Beast podcast, presented by our great friends at Wyatt Insurance Services. Tennessee will finish up the regular season on Saturday, that being against Vanderbilt. If you want uh, insurance needs, give Paul a call today at 865-862-3997. Brent Hubbs, Paul Fordenberry. Paul, we'll start with you, your thoughts, because you've not had a chance to give them on Tennessee's second consecutive loss to Georgia. Yeah, I mean, the 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 Dolly mishap was an omen for the day, right? I mean, started off, she comes out of the tunnel with Peyton. What a bang to start off with, and then it just all falls apart from there. That sounds just, like the Jalen Wright touchdown followed by nothing. That, that's exactly what I was saying. You know, it, 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 the game script followed the Dolly script to a T. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously super disappointing um, for Tennessee to come out after – um, you know, just throwing the first punch and, and landing a big hit with Jalen Wright's touchdown and then just failed to get anything going um, at all on offense. And um, defensively, you just can't – I mean, Carson Beck looked like the, the stud he's growing into, looked like a really good football player. Um, and Tennessee had a hard day, obviously. So, um, you know, disappointing you weren't more competitive uh, through, throughout the game. Um, and, and now you got you got to – you got to figure out a way to get excited and hyped up against Vanderbilt on a, you know, in a Thanksgiving week. Not a lot to play for. Bowl positioning. Uh, you know, I think it, it'll be interesting to see how they come out, what kind of energy they come out with on, on Saturday. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, just a, a really disappointing um, Saturday in Knoxville. All right, we head into uh, the final week of the regular season around the league, and you know, some pretty good matchups out there. Uh, we'll start with. A&M traveling to Baton Rouge to take on LSU. This is an A&M team that doesn't have Jimbo Fisher. He's out. Um, may or may not have Evan Stewart. A lot of chatter out there. He may not make the trip to Baton Rouge. And then you got an LSU team who's, you know, obviously out of West contention and trying to find some, you know, reason to kind of, you know, find some juice here at the end of the year led by Jaden Daniels. Yeah, but, Hubbard. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Paul. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I think I'm getting on the – I may be getting on the Jaden Daniels Heisman train here, Hubbard. What, responsible for eight touchdowns last week, and I know it was against the Cupcake team, but you go back and, and watch the highlights. That he looked unbelievable. He's so stinking good. Um, and, um, you know, obviously A&M is without a head coach and without a direction right now, and LSU still has a lot to, to play for. I mean, still, you know, an outside – they have a shot at the, uh, you know, one of the big bowl games. So, yeah, uh, at home, at LSU, A&M, not a lot to play for. Jaden Daniels maybe potentially playing for the Heisman Trophy, Hubbard. Uh, you have to feel like they're going to be all in where A&M doesn't have a lot to play for. Yeah, I think this is an easier motivation game for LSU because I think Jaden Daniels got that much respect in the locker room. And I mm -hmm. think I think neighbors and all those guys want to do what they can to try to help him make his final case for, you know, the, the Heisman Trophy, if he can do that. So, um, you know, A&M is – the, the only storyline in AM right now is one, who's flying in for an interview or who are they going to see for an interview? And the other, uh, Austin, is who's going to go in the portal a week from Monday? That, that's, yeah. that, that's the only thing anybody's talking about at AM. It's not, it's not about this game, which makes, which makes this a good setup for LSU. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I will say this. Had Jaden Daniel, of course, you know, Nick won one in you know, 03, and then, of course, you know, Les won one, and, of course, you know, Orgeron won one. I mean, LSU's won three national titles since, you know, uh, the calendar turned to 2000. But, I mean, had Jay Daniels played quarterback for about seven or eight other LSU teams within the last 15 years, they'd have won national titles too. I mean, like, all they were lacking were quarterbacks. They had 
unbelievable running games, unbelievable offensive lines, unbelievable skill, and just had nothing. I mean, now it's flipped. Like, defense isn't very good. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? That's like, what I was about to say. If you just take LSU, it's so bizarre. If you um, take the next best LSU defense that they've had in the last 20 years, they probably are 11 and 1 or, or, or 12 and 0. You're exactly right, AP. That's a great point. I mean, it, it th- that part of it is fascinating to me. Um, another fascinating uh, game in the league this week is Florida State at Florida. Now, Florida State will be without Jordan Travis. They bump them back to the fifth spot. But if they keep winning, Hubber, I, I think that's a nightmare scenario for the CFP because, you know, you know Michigan and, and Ohio State, one of those teams is going to drop this week, right? And so Florida State sitting there at five. How much pressure does the committee feel to either – reward undefeated Florida State if they can get through the next couple of weeks or penalize them because Jordan Travis is not there and and put, you know, Oregon, which is a one-loss team, if they continue to win ahead of them? Well, I, I mean, I think they're just – if you're on the committee, you're kicking the can down the road, right? You're, you're just kicking it down to see what happens this week, um, you know, and then you see what happens in, in the ACC championship game. Now, Florida doesn't have Mertz which doesn't help their cause offensively. So this is a really intriguing matchup just from the standpoint of you don't know what either team is going to be offensively. Now, the backup quarterback for Florida was pretty good last week. Florida yeah. should have won that game. They decided not to play defense on the final drive. Yep. You don't know about Florida State, Paul, because they had a cupcake, right? They, they had the shock of losing um, Jordan Travis. It took them a minute to get it, you know, figure it out. And then they went and blew out a team that they were supposed to blow out with their walk-on quarterbacks. Now it gets real. And so um, I don't know what to make of this game. I, I think this is this one's pretty fascinating because both of these teams are really unknown going into this game, and and both of them have things to play for, and it's a rivalry game, so there's always something to play for when these two teams play. Yeah, you know, the first thing is just I don't know if you guys – I was flipping through games Saturday night and watched the Jordan Travis thing happen live, and, man, it's just heartbreaking for, you know – a team that's on the cusp of making the playoffs and, and, and he's a, a real big reason why. And, it, you know, if you've read his backstories, I guess this year, you know, he almost close to quitting football uh, at one point and to, to get to where they are and, and for him to break his, you know, his ankle leg, just awful story, but uh, they, they rallied and, and obviously, you know, won their game last week, which they were supposed to do, but yeah, I, real, real intriguing game, still a ton to play for, for Florida state, uh, Florida's playing for pride and yeah, bowl game, I guess, but it's, you know, where, do they want to go to Birmingham and in a couple of weeks in December, how motivating is that versus just ending the season and going home uh, and, and maybe entering the transfer portal for some of those guys. Uh, and in reality, that's what they think about now. Um, so yeah, I'll be really interested. I, Florida state still has a ton to play for and that. And in, in my mind, just like we talked about LSU on a different level, a different scale, that, that means a lot this time of year. You know, how 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 focused you are during the week uh, leading up to the game, how focused you are the day of the game, how focused you are when maybe something doesn't go your way and you get down a score. Um, how how much more willing are you to kind of scrap and, and fight to get back into it? Um, and Florida State still has a lot in front of them where uh, what what Florida playing for is how quickly will, those, will their season be over with, you know end of December or beginning of December and, and, and end of December, some crappy bowl game or here in a couple of weeks. Robert. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you were ready to roll on to the next one because of your time constraints there. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, again, I think the bigger the, the bigger thing is going to be what is what, what is what the, the quarterbacks look like. Yeah, well, not just that, but then for Florida State, can they get can they get focused in on it not being about where they're ranked in the college football playoff and oh, understand yeah. that they have to take care of their business because there's a notion out there where well, if they take care of their business, they may not make it right. But then there's history of previous injuries at other places and the team still made the playoff. That's a big distraction, right? Because how many of the family members and buddies are going, Hey, what do you think about the Florida game versus are y'all really not going to make the playoff because of, of Travis's injury? Like what's going to happen here? This, that, and the other. So I, I think Mike Norvell's got a real interesting uh, dilemma on his hands to make sure that that team is not distracted by any of that stuff and strictly focused in on playing this game Saturday, putting their best foot forward and showing the committee that they're still worthy of being there. But, but that's a hard thing because all the talk in Tallahassee this week has been about one thing and that's the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially a two week tryout for Max Brown and how good is he? And if, if he shows enough, if, you know, obviously they have to win, they have to go two and they have to beat Florida and win in the ACC championship game against a Louisville team who's pretty darn good too. But if they do that, I mean, they, they, you have to think they're deserving. And and I'm with you, Hubbard. You can't think about that. You, you just got to go play ball and, and and take care of what you can. Yeah, this Louisville team is sneaky, too. I mean, you, you factor in. Um, really athletic defensively. Really yeah. athletic defensively. And, and, and they're kind of laying in the weeds for the CFP. Like, if they win, that's going to be the next game we talk about is, you know, Kentucky and Louisville. Um, and so we can go ahead and transition to that. But if, if, can, if Louisville can win the, you know, the next two weeks, and then the right losses happen, they could slide into the backside of the playoff. I mean, it it, it could get really, uh, really, really fascinating. So um, Kentucky, they've, they've struggled all year. Um, and, and, you know, Jeff Brom continues to do what Jeff Brom does, which is throw it all over the lot and, and win football games. Yeah, they run it a little better than I think people want to give them credit for at times. Here's the other thing, too. Uh, Paul, with this one, I, I've seen stories written in the Louisville paper. It's been nearly 1,500 days since Louisville beat Kentucky on the football field. And, and, and Brom is such a Louisville guy. I mean, his quotes this week were like, like, losing's not an option here. Like, like he put all the pressure on his team. Like, you know, they're not going to like you at Walmart if you don't win this football game. You, you got to go take care of business. Now, I think they will because I think Kentucky's going in the wrong direction. But uh, th this game got a lot different with a Louisville coach who doesn't have any use for Kentucky, right? I mean, th this rivalry is real for him. Th that team will be just absolutely unhinged to start the game. They got to settle in and not try to do too much early. Uh, but but Louisville will be uh, hair on fire when they come out of the locker room because of uh, of where Brom is and what he thinks of this game and, and this rivalry as a Louisville guy. Yeah, and, and and Hubbard, to your point about running the ball, um, I think I'm pretty sure Louisville has a thousand yard rusher this year. Um, they have another guy with over 600 yards, so they'll. Th I mean, uh, you know, Brom, they'll throw it, but this, this is um, they're a tough team. I mean, they're they're a good offensive team. The Plumber kid is is a, a pretty solid quarterback. Um, and, and Hubbard, I think I'm with you. I mean, just the the way Kentucky's season is is heading down the stretch is is not the right direction. Uh, Leary. You know, after showing some life in a couple of games, you know, specifically against Tennessee, he has not played back up to that level again. Uh, Davis uh, has not been playing at the same level. Um, so, yeah, I, the pressure is on Louisville, obviously. Um, you haven't – you've got a ton to play for. Uh, you're playing for, uh, you know, 
a New Year's Six bowl positioning if you can win the ACC championship game, or maybe if you, if you lose it and you go 11-2. and two or um, So they have a ton to play for where Kentucky, again, it's so interesting. This You know, a ton of pride and stuff is on the line. But, you know, you're at the end of the grind of a season and what's out in front of you versus a team that has so much to play for versus, again, bowl positioning in, a, you know, the mid – mediocrity of, of the mid bowl. So that always plays in my head of you got Thanksgiving going on this week. You can easily get distracted. You think about not being at home. Um, and, and unless you're a team that's really disciplined and focused and you have a lot out in front of you, I think that can weigh on you at this time of the year. Well, and here's the other thing, uh, Austin, as we move to get ready to move to the next game for Kentucky fans, five and O feels like three years ago for them. Right. I mean, they were, they were a five and O team, you know, when people were talking about, you know, this was their year, they're going to compete here, they're going to go to Georgia and have a chance, right? Here they go. I mean, that seems like forever ago for this football team that's got a chance to finish, what, one in five? If they don't win Saturday, they finish one in five or something like that down the stretch. Um, it's one in six, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that that – it's a long time ago since people were talking a lot of good vibes about Kentucky football. Well, their only win – is a as against a terrible Mississippi State team that's fired their coach. So I mean, like they've not really done a whole lot. I mean, the game with South Carolina was competitive last week, um, but uh, the game with Tennessee was competitive. But you know, they've still come up short. Um, Upper any word if Michael Bush will flip the coin pregame? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Michael Bush is these days. But there's a there's a few Louisville players who are certainly looking forward to. This. There's no love lost between these two at all. Um, and it's not just basketball, and Kentucky's had the upper hand here. I, I'm that's a that'll be a buzz saw hornet's nest that Kentucky's walking into. They better hit that ground game and try to settle that game pretty quick when, when they get in there, um, against Louisville. Because if they get off to a rough start there, Louisville might jump on them real fast. Yeah, Brom Brom needs to get up across to him. It's not Walmart you have to be worried about, they're not gonna like you when you go into KFC if you don't win this football game. <laughs> there you go. Uh, here on the home front, Vanderbilt rolls into town. Coming off a of bye week, Polly, they're two and nine. They've lost nine in a row. Not a lot of juice. And it's an understatement. And Vanderbilt, with two weeks to prepare, throw any wrenches in Tennessee getting its eighth win. Golly, if they do, that's one of the more, that would be one of the more miserable Saturdays in Neyland Stadium. I mean, we've all sat through some miserable Saturdays, but it was a bad Vanderbilt team. Uh, not a lot of juice on any, either side of the ball. I mean, you know, Tennessee should absolutely take care of business if they are focused. How, where, where is this team mentally after two, two letdowns, two weeks in a row? Um, does this team have the mental fortitude to say, hey, we're going to end the season the, the right way and we're, we're you know, not going to lose to Vanderbilt? Um, golly, which would be just such a – just a, a horrible way to, to lose the season. And, you know – can can Joe Milton kind of rewrite the, the end of his story here and um, finish on a high note but before you go into the bowl game? Um, you know, I'll be interested to see their attitude. How quickly do they come out and start? You know, they, they can get off to a fast start. We saw it last week. They can go score touchdowns on their first, first second drive. You know, they scored what second drive against Mizzou after Missouri had the 10-minute drive. Um, but obviously it's what's happening in those middle quarters when, when – specifically third quarter um can, can tennessee come out of halftime and, and and keep the um keep the pedal down if you will that's that's a big question uh, this feels like one of two games to me hubbard 
One, this could be Tennessee just blowing them out, running away, all their talent on the field, all the speed on the field. Or it could be kind of a weird, you know, one-score game going into the fourth quarter, not a lot of energy, not a lot of students in Neyland Stadium. It's not very loud. Uh, that That's what, you know, can, can Tennessee score enough early to put enough distance between them and Vanderbilt to where it's not a game going into the fourth quarter and Vanderbilt believes a little bit. Yeah. That's the the last thing you want. Yeah. I think you got to break their will early. Cause I mean, how many, how many of the 85 or 105, whatever many they got going to practice every day, how many of those guys came off an open day weekend, free weekend at home, excited about coming back Thanksgiving week to go to the practice field on Monday, if you're Vanderbilt and you're two and two and nine. So I mean I think that I think Vanderbilt's got motivation issues that you you you've got to knock it out early. I mean just just kind of break any thought. Now the longer they stay around, they might get more motivated to play Austin. But but if you can if you can hack at them early and you can you can jump on them early, I just don't know how motivated Vanderbilt is to to be in Knoxville again. I think the open date for them come that it came at a bad time. I know they're banged up. But mentally, you know, next to last week of the season, you had off, and then you got to go back out and play a meaningless game. I mean, I, I just – boy, it's hard for me to imagine Vanderbilt's just going to come in with a ton of juice in this game. Yeah, I think if the game starts like it did last week, Vanderbilt just lays down. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like they're looking for a reason to lay down. Tennessee's just got to give it to them. And Tennessee's got to go out there and punch them in the mouth and end it early. Um, First-round knockout type deal and not let them hang around. Don't make this a 12-round fight, you know, like it shouldn't be. Like, you know, Tennessee's the better team by a lot, and it it, it should be, you know, portrayed out that way on the field. Um, and then, you know, a lot of that chatter about all these Vanderbilt kids that are actually some quality players, kind of like Ray Davis a year ago, about them potentially going to the transfer portal. We'll kind of see if it comes to fruition here coming up in about eight days. If you are not happy with your insurance – Enter the transfer portal and give Paul Fordberry a call as uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas approach. Paul, what are you thankful for um, as far as client base here as we, uh, you know, eat turkey? AP, just A plus on the segue there. The tra- the insurance transfer portal. I love I love the way you put that. Yeah, no, um, obviously, you know, thankful for our family and everything, and. Um, thankful for our clients. This is the time of year where we're, we're working with new clients on those January 1st renewals and it's getting busy around the holiday season uh, with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. But but it's really cool to to, to see how we work with our clients and um, really looking at risk management and, and helping them out and, and how they can see that over a two or three year plan take take place. And, and while even though we're adding you know new clients for that January 1st, we're doing renewals, and, and they're seeing the benefit of making a long-term plan to save on insurance by doing some, some risk management work. So that's what we do really well with a lot of companies. So um, as AP always says, you know, give us a call or email me at paul at wyattinsurance.com or 865-862-3997 and just ask for me and we will be glad to help you and your business out. All right, let's take a look at the picks, Paulie. I sat there, I had it, when it went to fourth and 17, I had it typed out, AP to the lead, because I was going to get both swing games in that deck on Florida Secondary. What Woo! the baby. The split, we split, we're exactly where we were a week ago. Uh, let's pull up the the uh, standings. Paul at 86 and 16, Austin 85 and 17, same thing with Brent. And uh, 
Oh, look at oh. Hubs going Florida. I I don't really believe it, but you got to try to make a move, right? This is this is you got a you got a rough lie. You're over water. There's a bunker in front of the green, and you got you got two thirty to get there. But you got to try to get home in two because you're you're running out of games here. You're running out of holes to make plays, AP. So uh, I'm going for broke here. I'll, I'll probably Roy McElroy this one into the into the water, and <laughs> that will uh, probably in in my hopes and dreams and. Uh, I'll always go back and have Justin Wilcox to blame for it all. But, um, you know, taking a wild chance here that that maybe Florida State struggles with the backup quarterback. Um, but we'll see. I think I butchered that backup quarterback, by the way. I think I said Brown, which is Florida's backup quarterback earlier. And was it Rotomaker, Roadmaker? Yes. The FSU backup quarterback. I always get them flipped because I'm having to learn their names this week. Hey, the one I thought about here. Clemson one and three on the road this year, one and three on the road this year at South Carolina. I did. I, I I thought about pulling the trigger. Obviously, South Carolina with a nice win last week. Are they, you know, they're playing for bowl eligibility? Uh, that late season uh, Beamer magic over there in Columbia. Oh, the nonsense that they were putting out there on TV the other night about November and Beamer and all this nonsense. I mean, my <laughs> God, my God. I tell you what, I know I know Clemson's not been good on the road, but they've been great since that that scripted phone call from Spartanburg um, got, all this, <laughs> got all the attention going there. They're, not only have they they beaten everybody, but they've beaten everybody pretty soundly. I mean, they they've handled teams going back to that Notre Dame name game and and have figured their offense out a little bit. Here's the one that's really bizarre to me: is what does Arkansas do? Where where in the world is Arkansas right now? I mean. A week ago, everybody was like, it's a matter of hours. Later today, this week, Sam Pittman's going to be out of a job. And then all of a sudden, you get the email on Sunday that the the director of athletics has posted a letter out there that says, hey, we're keeping Sam Pittman. Where, where in the world is Arkansas in on a Friday afternoon at home against Missouri? Doesn't matter. They're on the losing side. I just – Man, I don't, I don't know. I, I know. I get what you're saying. You know, I mean, but, I don't. I mean, listen. I picked Missouri to win, but I mean, strange. Missouri struggled the way they did at home last week with all they got on the line. I think they can. I mean, Florida's better than than Arkansas, although Arkansas beat Florida at Florida. Yeah. So, um, which makes my Florida my Florida over Florida State pick look really dumb when I. <laughs> um, maybe I'll get River to change that one up. Um, but but anyway. Yeah. I, I just – I'm curious to see kind of these – I mean, there's pressure building on Missouri, right, AP? I mean, because – I mean, it, it's – can they finish this thing off? There's, there's yeah. a little bit of pressure on Missouri. Yeah, because they can get to the near six. And, um, you know, I, no, I'm, I'm with you over. I mean, I think it's uh, a little bit of pressure on Missouri. They just got to win this one and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Um, although, I, I can tell you, I mean, like, I know it's more prestigious now. But, like, if you said – if you're a Vol fan – and you said, I can go to the Peach Bowl in the New Year's Six or I can go to Florida. What are you taking? I'm not going to the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. It's nicer. It would have been a more prestigious, but as far as destination, woof. All right, Polly. <laughs> Let's get to this uh, Tennessee pick. I know who you're taking. You're taking Vanderbilt. Um, oh, man. You know, I thought long and hard about it. No, I mean, there's no way you can pick Vanderbilt in this game. I mean, they're so bad. You know, they switched up quarterbacks, what, maybe – Four weeks ago now, five weeks ago, um, that didn't help anything. Uh, in fact, uh, so, yeah, I, I just – I'm not uh, 
they could ten, I think I mean this is over I mean Tennessee could go old school general Neyland football and hand off the ball 50 times and throw the ball four times and they should be able to be Vanderbilt they should give the ball to Jaden Wright 15 times and Dylan Sampson 15 Jabari small 10 and they should be all right uh so We'll see. I mean, I have very little expectations of Vanderbilt to come in here and put up a fight. They're a really bad football team. Paulie, you're you're giving the coaches too much credit. I think they go give the ball to Jalen Wright 15 times. I mean, you know, he'll get his customary nine, ten, run for a buck ten, and call it a day. I, hey, when he taps out, you just got to – hey, sorry, man. You got to stay out there. You got to stay out there, bro. Keep running. You'll be fine. How How high do you want to get drafted, man? You want to be a fifth round guy, or do you want to be he a? He, he 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 only had he only had a handful of yards after that first run, but that first run was a money making run last last Saturday. Oh, that's a yeah. Make, I mean, that's the that's making out this in the hole and outrun everybody on the field. There were some people. There were some scouts in the box took note of that one. I promise you that. Oh yeah, well, that's the NFL man. Three yards, three yards, three yards. Boom! You hit a forty. Three yards, three yards. I mean, that's all. That's and and that he can do it. He just got. He needs to carry a ball about four or five more times a game to show us. Instead of just one seventy-five yard, can you break off another one? He's only got two games in his career where he's carried it over twenty. Nineteen is the high this year. Is it really? Yeah. So that means he's got fresh legs for the league. How many yards? That what's he may have one of the all-time best Hubbard. This is a Hubbard stat. Yeah, we need the like all-time yards per carry with minimum of what a hundred a hundred carries in a season. Uh, in, in a season right now, he's at 7.4 yards a carry. The record is 7.3 by Charlie Garner in 1993, where he had a let Charlie had 1168 yards or something like that in that game in that season, That's splitting time with a bunch of really good backs. And he he finished the year bowl games didn't count in the record books. He finished 7.3 yards per carry. Right now, Jalen sitting at 7.4. The the human Tennessee stat book that is Brent. I'm gonna look that one up this week, Paul. <laughs> Ladies and freaking I'm gentlemen, I'm gonna look that one up. Not because of you, but maybe for something else. God, it's, <laughs> it's so impressive, so impressive. Okay, so yeah, he needs to just average seven and a half yards a carry in the next two games, the Vandy and the bowl game. He's got it. Something tells me he's not gonna tap out. Um, I don't think Paulie he'll be playing the bowl game. Something tells me he won't be tapping out till he gets to a thousand yards. He needs about eh, a little over 50 to get there coming up on Saturday. He won't be tapping out. But if you are tired of your insurance provider, tap out, baby. Tap out. Give Paul a call today at White Insurance Services. You like that segue, Paul? Yeah. yeah unbelievable. Two for two in the same place today. 865-862-3997. And you never know, for the old bowl edition, we may have a special surprise for Paul. That's why I didn't take any risks this week. I said no risks. Let's just stay where we're at, one game back. It also tells you, like, when we're this close, 12 weeks in, I mean, like, I mean, a lot of it's common sense stuff, right? Paul, 86 and 16. And either, either Brent will be tied with him or Brent will be in dead last, depending on the Florida floor. Also, depending if uh, Brent takes Vanderbilt to beat Tennessee. Our pick's coming up on yeah. Friday. Over my swing, um, swing for the fences there. I've got balls 42-14. I'll go ahead and tease it for you here on this Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're ready for Christmas here in the Price household. Of course, we've been ready since probably, you know, President. July. Easter. Um, yeah. Independence Day. Yeah. Memorial Day. Labor Day. Hey. Hubber, out the I door. Said, who's your, who's we, the Heisman front runner? 
We've been ready since National Potato Week, Hubs. <laughs> National <laughs> Potato Week. National Flower Flower Making Week. Um, I I will go. I'm still going to go with Jaden Daniels, right? I mean, I, I'm, that's. I mean, I I like Penix. I mean, the more you look at Penix, I mean, he's he's doing a lot of good things. That's a playoff team. Uh, so I, I think Penix is going to be right there. I, to me, it's one, two, those two guys. And I don't know where the third. I don't know where the third is right now. Happy National Bastille Day, Hubs. Polly, <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta get out the door. Ho ho ho! He's on his way. And we'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs>